right. On today's episode of Spud Chat, we're back for our uh, bi-weekly scouting update uh, from across PEI. Uh, this morning, um, we're recording this on a Tuesday. This morning, we uh, had uh, our uh, bi-weekly field workers meeting that uh, is put on by the Department of Agriculture. And I have uh, Lorraine McKinnon, who is the potato industry coordinator with the PEI Department of Agriculture and Land uh, on with me today. Hi, Lorraine. Hi, Ryan. So thanks again for joining me for a little recap of what we heard this morning and kind of what you and I are seeing. We we get out to different parts of the province and different farms and and sort of get a, a, a bit of a cross-section of what is happening across the province. And generally what we heard this morning was very generally very positive. I think, uh, you know, from scouts and growers and people that we had on the line, everybody was in a pretty good mood for the most part. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we had, I think we had about, we had 20 people today either joining us in person or online. And uh, we had all the way up to the eastern tip of PEI through to more of the central part of the island, a, a crop scout from a farm in central PEI. So yeah, good, good cross section. And nobody very upset with the crop conditions just, just at the moment. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, it's the same, been the same story for the last uh, few weeks. Um, you know, we've got a very healthy canopy. Canopy seemed to close in and, and we, we achieved sort of full canopy probably a couple weeks uh, or at least 10 days early this year, um, which is uh, really positive. And there's almost no fields that aren't, you know, uh, the rows touching and that sort of thing. And if, if they are, they got planted really late. And, uh, you know, in general, things uh, look really healthy, not hearing too many concerns about uh, foliar disease or those sorts of things. You're hearing them very much the same. Yeah, um, I think more than one person said today that the crop looks maybe about a week to 10 days ahead of normal. And, um, you know, compared to last year, well, it would be quite a substantial difference, I'm sure. And I guess, you know, still driving around in the fields, are there's very little sign of any yellowing in fields or, you know, anything but just a nice level, dense green canopy. And and I guess talking about diseases, there wasn't, we, we're still not seeing any spores of late blight, as you know, Ryan, um, not in PEI, New Brunswick, um, Maine, Quebec, it's, it's still not really showing up. And that was something that might have been on the minds of people a couple of weeks ago, starting when we started seeing, you know, heavier rains in July. And it's probably still back of mind, but I, I'm I'm finding now that the conversation has turned more towards pink rot. And, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if there wasn't a product applied in furrow at planting, um, you know, what can be done now? And so there was some talk about that at the meeting this morning too. And I know there's parts of the island that have received more rainfall. And so you can see when you're driving by wet areas in the fields that, you know, the the plants look more yellow and they look maybe as though the, the rows are a little spindlier, I guess you'd say. And those are potential problem spots for fall harvest. And and I think it wouldn't be a bad idea for folks to start flagging off areas, wet spots, low areas in the field. Um, and when you're digging up tubers, 
check to see if there's any enlarged lenticels because that's very much a telltale sign. And, um, you know, if, if it hasn't, if it's not something you've considered yet, maybe start thinking about a foliar application of, of something for pink rot. Yeah, uh, we had, uh, I was visiting some growers yesterday and there was a bit down east where, um, you know, I had one grower tell me that since planting, he's had over 300 millimeters of rain. So that's mm-hmm. probably 50% more than uh, average. And uh, it's, and, and, you know, more than double of what he had last year. There is a bit of concern about low lying areas and, and maybe getting into some, there might be some tuber rot uh, that might already be showing up uh, or, or that that's going to be a problem that'll carry through till harvest. So I think there's some people talking about flagging some of those areas and, and just coming up with a storage plan. We talked about that a little bit in the meeting this morning about just having a bit of a plan around, you know, uh, digging those separately or if you're digging them, diverting those trucks to a different uh, a different storage, or 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 having those go straight to the plant if it's your chipping to Cavendish or something. I think we're just um, trying to come up with a plan of not bringing problems home into the long term storage. I know for some yeah. growers, uh, it's easier. You know, if maybe it's you're a grower that's growing two or three varieties for the guys that are growing ten, and maybe becomes a little bit more of a logistical issue. So I think. Uh, you know, thinking about that plan now, I think is important. Um, And then, as you said, in terms of the pink rot side, I think, you know, I've talked to a few growers that are already starting to apply foliar um, phosphorus acid. um, So confine or phosphorol and trying to, um, you know, kind of get ahead of uh, some potential issues with pink rot uh, this fall. Yeah. Yeah. And of course that's, uh, you know, with the kind of canopies that we have any concerns about crop injury from foss acid should be probably alleviated and um and you know another thing too ryan like we're saying about the crop being maybe a week to 10 days ahead of time well hopefully that means that you know and and with the i guess the status of of the tubers as well and the potential for the yield that people are seeing you know, you're not going to be sitting with a field in mid-October and saying, well, maybe I should let that go another couple of weeks. So I guess what I'm saying is, you know, the later you get into the fall, if there are problems already in the field, they're just going to be exacerbated. But, you know, hoping for a, a good harvest season so that it won't be delayed and that that won't make any issues worse. With yeah, and uh, I think we are like, even I pulled a few plants yesterday on a few different varieties, and I was surprised by the size of tubers that we are seeing for, for how lush the top is. Like, there's still mm-hmm. a lot of factory there, so they're not, you know, a lot of them haven't even reached fo- peak foliage yet. So they're not too worried about making, you know, bulking up tubers, but the, the, there's a big set there for the most part. And, um, and there is on some varieties starting to be some size. I know, uh, I've heard that on some of the early russet varieties, uh, they're they're seeing hundred weight numbers over a hundred to one hundred and fifty hundred weight already, um, right. which for for the first of August is pretty pretty darn good. Um, so I think you know there definitely there'll be more out of the field deliveries this year. There'll be um, hopefully, as you say, like some people will be starting digging a little earlier, which I think is good all around. Um, the earlier mm-hmm. we can get digging. 
Um, you know, they got chances to put cover crops on and get things done before it gets too wet and all those sorts of things. So hopefully that uh, continues on. Um, we did also hear, I know I've been asking some people other foliar diseases or other, you know, just other things or what they're seeing. You know, uh, I haven't heard too many people talking about uh, white mold or botrytis, which sometimes we'll find in a wet year. We have been seeing in the some of the spore trap samples that have been coming back. The, uh, the there are some botrytis spores around, but I haven't really heard about that translating into into botrytis in the field too much yet. That's right, and and I guess I think white mold in other parts of the country, white mold in in the potato crop is is becoming. Well, clearly not in the far west because they're just in a, a serious drought. But um, you know, when you get the kind of wet conditions that we're that we've had in other host crops around for white mold, it's something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, I have heard of white mold. Um, heard of sclerotinia showing up in Ontario, in mm, Ontario where they've had a lot of rain, and particularly right. the rotations where they're rotating with soybeans and that sort of thing. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for people here that are rotating with soybean or canola or, you know, mustards or things that are hosts for sclerotinia. It's something to keep an eye on, but um, haven't heard uh, too much concern. And I think also there's a lot of people that are, uh, that are going with some of the newer early blight chemistries that also have an effect on white on sclerotinia as well. So that yes. probably has helped kind of keeping things under wraps as well. Right. Yeah. Um, we did, um, you know, on, on like early blight, again, haven't heard too much issue. We did have one agronomist say that they were seeing a little bit starting to show up maybe on some rangers, which we know uh, mm-hmm. russets can be a bit susceptible to early blight. But, you know, really, in general, not hearing too many concerns on alternaria either. Yeah, and I think that agronomist said that, you know, in a ranger russet field this time last year, you know, the plants would be pretty well defoliated in the way that ranger russets can get from alternaria. And, uh, you know, if we're just seeing a little bit of yellowing, I think is what he he's observing uh, at this point. That's still a much better scenario than last year. Yeah. Um, and then in terms of insects, again, um, we had a couple of uh, scouts saying that they're really not seeing much. Um, we're past... Uh, corn borer season uh, for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, there's a few reports of escapes on Colorado potato beetles, but they don't seem to be overly widespread and they seem to be, you know, sometimes as, uh, associated with, you know, uh, some clogged applicators or some, you know, running out at the end of the row or something like that. So um, it hasn't uh, nothing, you know, catastrophic by any means. And yeah. we, had, we had one, uh, agronomist also say that uh, one scout say that uh, you know this is one of the better years they've seen for flea beetle like not not too much flea beetle damage either yeah um, and we didn't hear anything this morning about earwigs <laughs> yeah yeah two weeks ago we had a big chat about earwigs but yeah. <laughs> uh, that that hasn't uh, rampaged across, across the country either so no I think they're just all in my garage now yeah exactly in my, <laughs> in my garden yeah. Um, we did. Uh, we had a few people talked a little bit about maybe some of the some weed issues showing up in the um, the annual grasses, uh, particularly. You know, there's a lot of folks, uh, a lot of farms in PEI now that are growing some of these warm season grasses like sorghum Sudan grass and and uh, forage pearl millet um, for you know for 
building organic matter and fighting verticillium. Um, because it's been kind of cooler and uh, and wetter in June, July. So there was a, a little story on CBC today saying that we were about 50 millimeters uh, on the plus side over average uh, in Charlottetown on precipitation in July and about one degree uh, below average. So uh, that kind of combines for not the ideal weather for growing some of these warm season grasses. So um, had a couple, we had a grower on and as well as a couple of uh, field workers that indicated that, you know, maybe some of those grasses were a little bit delayed and a little bit not growing super fast, which has given uh, an opportunity for weeds to uh, perk up mm -hmm. a bit. So we kind of talked a little bit about weed management as well. Yeah. And just like you say, when you look at the weather that we had in July this year, it really wasn't the, you know, we didn't get the heat that, that those crops really like to have pearl millet and sorghum sedan grass. So yeah, just like you say, it's just a matter of the weeds out competing a less than real robust crop. Yeah. So we did talk a little bit about, you know, there are some herbicide options there for um, mm -hmm. knocking the weeds back. Uh, also, you know, maybe putting on an earlier mow on some of those as well to maybe uh, keep the weeds down. And then if we do get some hotter weather and some sun the next couple of weeks, maybe that'll help uh, the, the grass, you know, come on and, and uh, bulk up and, and do what it's supposed to be doing. But uh, there is, it's definitely the cool season grasses. It's been a year for them to shine this year as evidenced by a lot of big hay crops and a lot of second and third cut uh, looking quite good around the country as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and then just like on the aphid side, we had a little bit of a chat about aphids. Uh, maybe you can give us a little bit of an update on aphid alert and what we've been seeing there. Yeah, well, it's good news again. Um, and, you know, in earlier meetings, we talked about this warm weather being or the warm weather that we had earlier in the summer and being in the warm spring being really favorable for a lot of insects um, to develop and increased populations but on the aphid side we, we i guess we see more of those normally whenever there's hot dry conditions and the weight rains that we have had have been have been keeping the aphid numbers down and on the pest update last week i included a little graph to show this year's numbers compared to the last two years so we just completed last week was week five of the program and we're, you know, we're under two aphids on average per trap for all of PEI. And in 2019, we were probably close to four per trap. And then in 2020, we were close to five per trap on average. So, so populations are, are much lower this year. Now in week six of 2020, um, the number shot up to 10 aphids per trap. So we'll see what happens with this week's collections. But again, forecast looks like we might get some rain later in the week. And I, I'm not predicting a spike, but we'll see what the count is. Yeah, and I, it is nice, too, with the crop being a little bit further ahead and being quite healthy and quite vigorous. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully that, you know, also means that uh, we're, we're getting a little bit further past the risk of um, a lot of PVY spread because usually as the plants mature and get older and they sort of get that, uh, you know, physiological, uh, you know, immunity uh, res response uh, improves and, and the actual ability to 
you know, transmit and spread BBY kind of goes down. So here's, here's hoping that that's also working in, in everybody's favor as well. Yeah, that's, that's true. Mind you, I guess some of the grain is starting to turn and, and will be turning in the cup in the next coming weeks and grain harvest will be underway for before too long. So we'll keep an eye on that and see how the numbers progress. Yeah, no, we'll have to keep an eye on it as per usual, but uh in general, uh, we had a very positive, uh, <laughs> a very positive uh, report from most people. So uh, I'm hoping that that uh, continues along and that we have a, you know, a nice crop coming and uh, we'll keep people posted. We're, uh, you'll, you're hoping to do this again in another couple of weeks. Uh, and for anybody that's listening that wants to attend, uh, they can feel free to do so. And if they're not getting uh, your uh uh, weekly up your pest updates or they're not getting your invites they can get in contact with you and get on your list and uh, and feel free to attend those meetings yeah everybody is welcome to to do either or yeah anything else that uh, from the department that we should be reminding folks about right now uh, nothing really comes to mind ryan um i guess we're just plugging away, doing our projects with the department for the growing season. Um, Kyra Stiles returned to the department this week after uh, paternal leave. So we're really pleased to have her back. Um, And we've just hired a new agri-environmental specialist. Uh, Eileen Beaton is new with our department. She's been around the potato industry for a few years now, and she's with our department. So we're pleased to have her on board too. Yeah, that's great. And it reminded me, uh, Peter Webb uh, sent me a note just before he was on his before he was leaving, uh, and then the car was coming back. But I think there's uh, he reminded me that there's uh, they've got more room in the um, cover crop BMPs and uh, some mm-hmm. of the patient crop BMPs for this fall. So if there's growers that are interested in that, they should feel free to give Kyra a, a call or send her an email and follow up. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks a lot, uh, Lorraine. And we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks.